Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cindy and I are Zoom recording for the first time, I think, in, oh my God, months, like months and months. Could almost be a year. If someone wants to buy us a studio (laughs) and donate it to us and also pay for us to go to the studio, I would love to be the beneficiary of your generosity. (laughs) I will graciously accept that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so the reason that we're on Zoom is right now I am home for Philadelphia. I mean, I'm home in Philadelphia for Father's Day. Very exciting. Um, we are going to. This is so funny. I asked my dad what he wanted to do for Father's Day, and he said he wanted to go to King of Prussia, which is like the second biggest mall in the world, or whatever. We live like 30 minutes away from it, and get sweet green. Because we don't have sweet green near our house, and I eat sweet green almost every day. Because obviously, I live in Manhattan. She eats it but- every day. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I have this really weird thing where I will never pay for a salad. Like, unless it comes as a side, I will never pay for it. That's crazy. (laughs) And even then, as a side, usually it's, like, free, like, if it comes with your burger or something. But um, he all he wants to do is go to Sweet Green for his day, and I think it's hilarious that that's what he wants. We got him some cute presents. We got him a, a carrier that you can carry grill spices and meats and utensils like to and from the kitchen so you don't you don't have to like carry everything manually and then i also got him a pair of tongs oh i thought you said tongs <laughs> like the shoe yeah i was like, <laughs> like i did not know they still made those i got my dad a hoodie yeah <laughs> nice this from where um farfetch so it's like this really nice brand it was like three hundred dollar hoodie. So, oh my god, Sid! Let him enjoy that. And it's so funny because it's my brother, my little brother's birthday this weekend too. He's turning five. So, okay, the gift I got him is actually so good. Um, he plays hockey. He's literally the only black person that plays hockey in America. Um, <laughs> so I got him, and like it's so funny because he just turned five. So he knows how to skate really really well but he doesn't understand the premise of like it's a game so because the league he's in is like six to nine year olds so they're like some pretty big kids so they're like all like obviously like playing it to put the puck in the whatever and he's just like twirling in the corner crawling on the floor making snow angels so i got him um you know that like material they have at ice skating rinks that aren't actually ice yes i got him that for our house so they can build one on their backyard or like in his playroom so he can like practice shooting and with his skates on without actually being on ice 
I had a playroom when I was younger. Yeah, my family's building one. It's supposed to be done like two months ago, and it's literally just a pile of dirt right now. So. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yeah, that's a great gift. That's really really thoughtful. Cindy always comes up with the most thoughtful gifts. I will say. Because I think I learned this from my mom. I am not gonna waste my money. Like, why would I buy something you're not gonna like? I could just find something you do like. Easy peasy. Exactly. Sydney's easy. I'll, she told us what she wanted for her birthday. She wants to go see Moulin Rouge with um, Derek Klenna and JoJo. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny because I took Sarah to Moulin Rouge for her birthday last year. And, like, I don't know if you guys know what Moulin Rouge is. It's a Broadway play. And the sign is, like, ginormous red letters with ginormous red lights, ginormous <laughs> red everything. And you can see it from a mile away. And so I didn't tell her we were going. I said we were going to an influencer event. And... We are walking around the corner, and mind you, I'm looking straight ahead, and it, the only thing on the street is Moulin Rouge in ginormous red letters and a line down the block. But across the street is this motel called Camelot. And Sarah was like, oh my gosh. Are we going to the Camelot Motel? I was like, girl, why would I bring you to a <laughs> sketchy motel in the middle of the Broadway district for your birthday? But no, was I was trying to make you feel better because I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. then I was like, ah. um, that sounds like a but murder then, plot. Yeah. And then you know what was genuine though? Because when I saw Moulin Rouge, I started crying. Yes. And I was like, okay, actual, oh, there, I, there. I started sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was a great gift. And it was a surprise too, which I liked. Um, I can't surprise any with it this year because she knows what she's getting. Sarah cannot keep a surprise for her life. She'll literally be like, we'll be sitting there in silence for 0.1 seconds. And she's like, guess what I got you for your birthday? I'm like, Sarah, what? That's funny. It's so really it's true. It's so sad, though, because I want one of those heart cakes so badly because I love them. And the girl who in New York who's like famous for doing them, she makes them out of her kitchen. And she's a college student. And I was like, you know what? Let me support her. So I dm'd her and i was like hi like can i have a menu i like one order cake for my birthday because you have to pre-order it and this girl since we had her little canva presentation she wanted to charge three hundred dollars for one of those heart cakes that feeds like four people i was like girl i be so freaking for real because there's no way you want me to pay three hundred dollars for this little thing when i could have taken my cute little butt to publix public grocers and gotten a cake that could feed literally the entire city of new york for like 20 bucks <laughs> i was like actually i'm sick i can't and it sucks too because every other zodiac sign can be cute because i can't put my age on my birthday on my birthday cake because i tell everyone i'm a different age for for the for the plot if one would say so oh yeah um, <laughs> people our last episode by the way <laughs> yeah so, so i actually do forget how old i am so i just say a random age so I can't really do that. Yeah. So what I would have done is like for Gemini, they can be like Gemini season or like Tauruses can be like Taurus baby. I can't put cancer on my cake because that's, you know, not that's awkward a little bit. And yeah, then it is a little bit awkward to be. <laughs> I would do like I would be like, oh, like put your like astrological sign instead of the name. But my astrological sign is 69. So, as you see, I'm coming to a predicament. I might just, I might just put... <laughs> yeah, you're in a bit of a pickle. I might just put Jordan here on my cake. Because my middle name is Jordan. I'm named after Michael Jordan. And his basketball number is 23. I think that's kind of cute. How about cookie. you let me handle the cake? Okay. <laughs> and just... Yes. You, it's so depressing to buy your own birthday cake. Just let is Chance it? and I handle everything. Well, hey, our, yes. our thing in high school... So I went to, like, a, obviously, like a very small high school. So our friend group was, like, I guess, like, half the girls in our grade. But our running joke in, like, my smaller friend group um, was that we would order a kid's cake from Publix. And I don't know if you've ever seen Publix's kid's cake. Them things, I don't know if they have, like, the rights to these characters, but them cakes went crazy. So, like, my last oh my birthday God. in Jacksonville, I had a hunting-themed cake. And I had a whistle and a deer on it. One year I had Doc McStuffins. Ugh, that one was good. I've had Moana. We've had Peppa the Pig. That one had a swing on it. 
So I don't. I miss Publix. My wedding cake's gonna be from Publix. Ugh, I miss her. I mean, Publix really comes through with their cakes. You've shown me pictures of your birthday cakes before, and they're nothing like my birthday cakes that I had when I was little. So I was very jealous, <laughs> and they they're so cool. They're so, so extravagant. Because Publix, Publix has never failed me. They've tried me, but they've never failed me. You know. I took Zach to Publix for the first time, and he it changed his life. We both got pub subs, and they have these little because he's a pickle fiend. And oh, Zach's my boyfriend, by the way. And he, um, yeah, and he yeah he got this like pickle thing, and apparently it was really good. You know what I'm talking about? Like those pickles in those individual big ass pickles. Yeah, and they're that come very large bags. Yes, yeah. and all the juices are inside, yeah. and they're mulling in there. He got one of those, and he liked it, and it was spicy. Oh, they're so good. And Publix has those. <laughs> yeah, Publix has everything. I get the and they had. And oh, my lettuce. God. They had, like, oh, good, yeah, that's a good one, too. I think I've had that. And they get, they have everything. They have, like, pool stuff in the back and games and little, like, they have alcohol. They have everything that anybody could ever want in their lives. And everyone's so nice. Like, they wouldn't dare hurt me. Like, this morning I woke up and I was like, <laughs> I kind of want Chipotle. Then I was like, do I want my spirits to be tested today? No. Oh, do our listeners know about your beef, your ongoing, like, infinity beef with Chipotle? Yes. I told the sour cream, I told the milk story a couple weeks ago. Right. And then I went in again last week. And you know what? I was like, I'm going to put my differences aside for the sake of peace because I want my freaking quesadilla. <laughs> so I went in, in there. They were on their BS. Oh my god, order it online. Ugh. Ooh, that's so annoying because you can literally make it the exact same. But I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll do my cheat route. Can I have two kids' quesadillas? And I asked for a side of sour cream, a side of guac. That's what I do every time. It's eleven ninety eight. I know it. Like it's my child. She was like, I. That's not a side. I was like, what do you mean it's not a side? It's sour cream. What is it? A, a an entree? And she's like, I have to charge you extra for sauce. This girl charged me $3 for some sour cream. I was like, you know what? I came in here wanting to be in a good place with you. I came in here ready to lay my cards out on the table and come to a truce. And you want to try- Wearing your heart on your sleeve. Literally, you want to try me again. I I can't with her. Am I going today? Maybe. But she tests me every time. Is it the same girl every time? No. But there's one man in there who sees me every single time and always gives me a look. And I'm like, do not ruin my day. Do not ruin my day. That is so funny. He gives you a look. Like, ooh. Why? Like, I don't understand. I love Chipotle, though. I always order... When I'm ordering, I always order from, like, Sweet Green or I order sushi but whenever I'm out walking down this little street, I always crave Chipotle because I always see people with their Chipotle bags. And oh, I get a bowl with because you guys are so interested in my Chipotle order. I get a bowl with brown rice and chicken and all the fixings. And they always want to test me when I ask for my fixings because I said, can I just have everything? And they're like, OK, well, people say that. And then they always don't want one thing. So, like, what don't you want? And I said, I want everything. And they said, are you sure? And I said, I will come back there and do it. My- don't make me come back there, <laughs> please. I'll come back there and do it myself. And they'll always judge me from an order. And I'm like, OK, well, do you want to eat it? Like, just give me my quarter. Yeah. Let's move. Um, but like this, my thing with sweet green is like, I would eat sweet green because like I, I am like on my, my weight loss journey. So I would want to have it cause like, oh, salad healthy girl, sweet green bowls, like the ones I would order, like the right harvest bowl or whatever, them things have more calories than my Chipotle order. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be a salad? I'm supposed to be healthy. Why am I paying a down payment on a house for a salad that is 2000 calories? Like, that's crazy. So yeah, me and me and Sweet Green have beef, a lot of it actually. The thing with the thing though is that with the Harvest Bowls, if you get like light dressing and stuff, then it does become it's like healthy calories, and then also it keeps you full for longer because there's a lot of protein in it and like the rice and like it's all very healthy stuff. So I would say like those are like good calories if that makes sense. Yeah, but I'm in a deficit, so you know if what I, I mean? can have Chick Fil A for half the calories, something's got to give. You know? That is so funny. I'm in a deficit, so Chick-fil-A is. <laughs> that's how, no, that that's how that my mind sense. works. And for some reason, it's worked so far. So we're not going to try it. We're not going to test it. 
No. If it's, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think, yeah. Perfect. You're doing great. Okay. Um, what are we doing today? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So we should get started with the topic a little earlier today because today we are doing an advice in public. And if you know us, you know that Cindy and I love advices in publics because we love to act like we know everything yeah. <laughs> at all times. This is me showing how I could basically be a therapist. Yeah. I was saying, so a couple days ago, what we do is Sydney posts on the Instagram story, on the Crying in Public Instagram, at Crying in Public podcast, follow us. And yeah, our Instagram's so cute. We should definitely follow our Instagram. Sydney posts on her story, um, just like, oh, we're doing an advice in public episode next. Shoot us your questions so you can ask just like advice on anything going on in your life from friendship to relationships to family to, I don't know, womanhood, to school, to jobs, to apartments, anything you want your advice on that you think we would know about, you have the opportunity to kind of ask. So that is what we're doing today. We're answering these questions. And we're not going to obviously name names or anything, but we're going to like paraphrase your questions and then answer them in our little Sarah City way. And it's so funny because last night I was so incredibly bored because I was doing an awful thing and I was waiting on a man. Don't do that. Ew. And so I went through to see, like, what are our most listened to episodes? And I was so shocked. And I was like, this is so interesting. Because I never would have thought. But I did think. And they were there. It was kind of crazy. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, were they advice in publics? Yeah, like, the, the two most popular ones were advice in public and the Lori Harvey one. And, and then the one of you crying at the table for an hour. Unfortunately, yes. And um, the one after that one. But it's so funny because, like, I was looking at, like, this, the how people have, like, listened to it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, the population of, like, a small American city, maybe even a medium American city, has heard me sobbing because I got cheated on during an episode. And, you know, and then she found out during an episode. That's crazy. I still cannot believe that happened, yeah. and we got to share that moment with you guys. All for vulnerability, man. Crazy. Okay. Anyway, so after <laughs> rehashing that, um, let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends! It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, first question. Okay, listener said, question about New York City. Do you guys ever feel unsafe as two young women in Manhattan? Yeah, I would say, so is the question, do you ever feel unsafe as a woman in New York City? Yes, for sure. I would say more, though, on the nightlife scene. So, like, I've never personally felt, and I know Sydney has not had this experience. She's had a pretty couple frightening moments walking around. I've never necessarily felt unsafe, like my life was in danger just, like, walking around the city personally and I am not encouraging you walking by yourself at 3 a.m. at all because it's not safe but in freshman year of college I was a little bit on my wild child side and I would like just walk home from bars like I would do that thing where I was out with my friends and then I'd get drunk and then I would just want to go home and then I didn't have money for uber at the time so I would just like walk home by myself (laughs) at like 3 a.m. and I would do that and I never felt unsafe doing that personally just like in my personal experience I would not encourage that though please don't do that but that is uh, the reason I bring that up is just kind of to enunciate my point where it's like walking around just like in the city by myself during the day in Times Square no matter where I like was um I've never felt unsafe the where I start to feel unsafe is like or and, and never in my apartment either like we've never had a break-in thank god nothing has ever been stolen and we've always lived in pretty safe areas I think because we went to NYU so we lived in like dorms and I think Sydney has a really good eye for picking like safe locations for us to live um however the part where I do start to feel unsafe is nightlife because of the men who are creepy and like they start to follow you around and then they pressure you for your number and sometimes that can get really scary um but no I would never say the city inherently has made me feel unsafe what about you yeah I never really feel unsafe like I've I've had some some like run-ins and such but even then I wasn't really necessarily scared I would say like when I first came to New York I thought I would be more scared but I think the city has somewhat hardened me. Like, Sarah and I are different in the sense that Sarah usually takes Uber. I usually take the train. And, like, I do mm-hmm. hang out in a lot of spots or, like, areas of New York that people would generally consider to be unsafe. Like, that's, like, the reputation that they have. But I also think because I'm black, I don't really have the same view. Like, I will walk into Harlem or the Bronx or, like, parts of Brooklyn and not ever really feel unsafe. Because so I think that sometimes people equate, like, predominantly large like black or brown communities as being unsafe because that's what they are because they are black and brown communities so like even when I people I live like near Harlem they're like oh my god Harlem's so unsafe and I'm like no it's not like every scary experience I've had in New York has been in East Village not in Harlem like I've never Agreed. ever had an issue where we live now um because I'm we're close to Columbia now never had a problem every scary situation I've had in terms of like the realm of like men being scary or like touchy or aggressive has always been at NYU or East Village. Like I've never had an issue anywhere else in the city. So I think one dispelling the rumor that like places like like NYU are inherently safer isn't really true. One, two that like the people the problems I've had have been with like NYU boys or like NYU people. So that's one thing. Two. I feel like minding your business goes a very long way. Like, on the train, walking down the street, if there are people that are having, like, mental health episodes or are acting aggressively... Or getting in a physical fight, yeah. I literally just ignore them. Not my business. So, obviously, unless someone's in danger, that's never happened, though. But I just literally keep my head straight, headphones on, keep walking, like you would in any other situation in any other city. 
Um, same thing on the train. Like if someone is acting erratically, I mind my own business. Obviously, if they're coming towards me, that's a, diff- that's a different situation. Like that's happened once when someone kind of like was walking towards me angrily. And I literally just took my um, keys and my birdie out. And I was like, step one foot close to me and I'm going to fuck you up. And he walked away. So I think as long as you know how to like hold your own and you're confident about it, I literally think you're fine. So I would never say I genuinely feel unsafe. And I've never really had any situations outside of like being at NYU and dealing with like drunk frat boys. That's been probably my scariest experience since I've been here. But I think you'd find that in any college town because unfortunately that's male culture. Yeah. And um, Greek life culture yeah. <clears throat> as well. Oh, shut up. Um, I would say, yeah, my scariest experiences, just super quickly before we move on to the next question, have been in East Village, and I would expand that to Soho. Yeah. And those have been my scariest experiences in nightclubs, again, like, dealing with aggressive men, for sure. Um, not that you shouldn't go out in those areas, because I still go out in those areas. I still go out in those areas, like, today, and I have a great time, and usually I never get bothered. But I would say if you, like, some of my favorite places to go clubbing are, like, in the West Village for that reason. I feel like, I don't know, the culture, like, the nightlife culture over there is just a little more chill in the sense where, like, people go out to bars to dance. They don't go to nightclubs to dance. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like just so it's like exercising common sense goes a long way in terms of, like, yeah, leave with a buddy, let someone know where you are, be vigilant, cover your drinks, stuff like that. Oh, drinks are a huge thing. I've known a lot of people. I, it's never happened to me, thank God. But I know a lot of people who have gotten roofied. And that is a, unfortunately kind of common. So I would say protecting your drink actually is huge. And one more thing. I've gotten my phone stolen twice in nightclubs. So again, like literally every single actually scary thing that's happened to me has happened in a nightclub. So I would say like just, and I love to go out. So I'm not going to stop doing it, but I've definitely learned some things. One, cover your drink. And two, make sure your phone is not in your pocket. Make sure it's in your bag. Like every single time I've got my phone stolen, it has been in my pocket. And like if it's in a bag with a clasp, you're fine. It's not, it's going to be safe. Most likely. Precisely. All right. Next, Next question. Um, how to deal with not feeling yourself. Um, Aww. number one, feel you. Know that's normal and that a lot of people go through it, so it's not just... Because I know a lot of times it feels like this is not happening to anyone else. My friends are fine. But I feel like a lot of people keep those kinds of struggles private or don't tell anyone out of fear of embarrassment or just not really knowing how to talk about it. So first, you're not alone. That was me for literally the first six months, five months of this year. Um, I think what happened for me is that I knew that I was feeling depressed. I knew that I wasn't feeling like myself. I was always feeling really sick, like physically sick, like nauseous. Um, I didn't want to hang out. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I just had this two-sided fear one that like if I kept going out I was gonna lose it because I just didn't want to really want to be around anyone I didn't really feel like myself then on the other hand I was like I don't want to isolate myself and kind of put other people off or make feel like I'm excluding or um not being a good friend by not like being a participant like obviously like hanging out with my friends and things like that or being there for them but I think it took, like, a really bad situation happening where I did get really, really physically sick, where I was like, why am I putting so much effort and energy into going out and, like, maintaining some fake air of being okay? And if I took all that energy I was putting into other people, into toxic relationships, into men and things like that, and put it into myself, how much of a difference that would make? So I put, like, a hard stopped to drinking I didn't drink for like four months I stopped going out as much I'd go out probably like once every two or three weekends and just finally let myself rest and I started going to therapy I'd go on walks by myself figuring out like what's the root of what's making me feel this way because you might always think oh it's because I got in a fight with my friend or oh because I broke up with this guy but there's always a deeper kind of feeling to it like I found out that mine was a fear of rejection or that a lot of toxic things that were happening in my life I felt like it was like on a cycle so how do I break that cycle so I think just taking the time that you're putting into other people or situations that don't serve you and redirecting all the energy towards yourself makes a big difference and realizing that something's going to happen overnight something that takes a while to um, 
kind of come to fruition. For me, it took four or five months. But I know that now after taking that time to myself, seeking help, feeling like it's okay to step back and focus on myself. I started eating better. I started working out. I lost a lot of weight. And that helped with like um, issues I had where I was like putting my stress into eating. So I think I just found like a lot of things to make me feel um, kind of like insecure about myself and focusing on those. And now I feel like I'm in a lot better place. People have keep telling me like, oh, like you think you're so much more outgoing now. Like I feel like I should be the old city, things like that. So I don't know. It feels good. People, other people are recognizing I said that. that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it feels nice to be able to like feel like my old self again. So definitely say just take the time because it might feel selfish, but I promise you it's going to serve you so much more than keep faking like you don't need time for yourself for help, et cetera. You made me cry a little bit. I'm like, actually, like, look. I'm so dead. I'm like, I, like there are tears coming out of my eyes right now. That was really, that was good advice, just my too. Skills. Like, and that's how Sydney sees it. No, I really yeah. enjoy that. We should have, remember when we used to have a questions corner? Yes. We should now have, like, a how Sydney sees it corner. That's how Sydney sees it. Because they're both, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah with one thing you said really resonated with me and it's that um deep self-reflection for me came after a tragedy or really traumatic incident so recently last summer my ex and I broke up and we I was like confident we were gonna get married all this stuff and that definitely set me into this like weird spiral not just of unhealthy behavior I would say but of um a lack of self-confidence I was not feeling myself like physically or mentally like I was just and and nothing changed necessarily in my actual physical habits and this is just like how I react to the situation but my mental state did so it did force me to kind of get down to the root cause of some things which is really helpful and it was cool because what came out of the that breakup was I not only um embarked on my healing journey from the breakup. So like, not only do I feel better from that, but I also feel better from like addressing other areas in my life that needed fixing or just like growing in general or maturing even especially. Um, and then recently, like last month, one of my closest friends passed away very suddenly from cancer, a very rare form of cancer. And it wasn't suddenly for her, the family, but unfortunately she did have a relapse and decided to keep that private, which I respect and that's totally fine, but it came as a shock to me and I was definitely very sad and I wouldn't say it sent me into a spiral like my breakup did, but it definitely made me feel sad all the time. And so these things I could directly relate to like a specific situation, but I don't even, and I'm still healing from that. Like it was extremely recent and I didn't really talk about it on the podcast that much because like I don't know. I just, it, it's, I, I don't usually make these things kind of public, but, and especially with death, death is weird for me. Like I'll talk about my personal trauma, whatever, but like out of respect for like my friend and her family, it's like, I just don't really like take to like Instagram or like social media to kind of express my grief. But I, what I can talk about is my personal healing journey. And one thing that really just got me through is I know that my friend would have wanted me to be the best version of myself. So whenever I felt myself slipping or whenever I felt extremely sad and doing like physical things that are not the best for me, not like physical harm or anything, oh my God, please, but just like drinking a little more, staying out too late, just engaging in like unhealthy behaviors. Whenever I felt myself kind of doing that, I would just think of my friend and like how much she loved me and how much like she just would have wanted the best for me. And that kind of kept me going. And I'm still very much in my healing process. So I can't really tell you how to get through it because I'm still like in the midst of getting through it. But that is right now the thought that makes me feel just like not only a sense of peace, but just like making it's making me a healthier person. I think just like in general, because she was an amazing person. And like, that's just what, what she would have wanted, if that makes sense. Oh my God. You know? Best being vulnerable um, <laughs> so next question how do I date in college while avoiding the prominent hookup culture ooh girl what? oh that is a great question oh my god kudos you know who you are kudos to whoever asked that okay 
Sarah and I had to take a pause and laugh at this one because, you know, we tried to avoid it. So let Sarah take it away. So the first thing that came to mind when you read out this question was that one TikTok sound that originated from Harry Potter where Umbridge is asking each of the Hogwarts professors, like, uh, like she's interrogating them because she just got her new whatever power position. And she's talking to Snape and she goes... Is it true where, like, you applied for the position of defense against the dark arts teacher, correct? And he said, yes. And she goes, but you were unsuccessful? And he goes, obviously. And that's, like, the meme that just came into my mind because, literally, were you unsuccessful? Obviously. Like, uh, yes. I hope someone out there got that reference. So it went straight over my head. (laughs) It's a popular sound, so hopefully somebody out there got it. But... I went into college not really thinking about hookup culture or like I wasn't necessarily for or against it. It was like the last thing on my brain. But I joined, not only did I join Greek Life pretty early on, which I think perpetuates that stereotype, but also I really took college to like explore my sexuality and like all this stuff. And um, and that is, I think, the best way to explain it. Not in the way where it's like my sexual identity, but how I could sexually express myself. Um. And I'm, that meant for me, like, engaging with m- multiple sexual partners. I'm trying to think of very, like, nice ways to say this. And I'm sure you can, like, pick up what I'm putting down. But she was I, a I was... <laughs> and to me, hookup culture is different than like doing like it's different than exploring your sexual identity and like your sexual expression for sure but I did not avoid hookup culture I was right in the middle of hookup culture what I wish someone would have told me is that you are not defined by your sexual expression and how many sexual partners you have because as a woman we of course have different um like labels that are thrown on us if we do engage in sexual relations with a lot of people and I definitely felt the weight of those comments so I would say like or not even comments just like judgments in general um by like friends or like other partners or family whatever and I think as long as you're like there's nothing wrong with like loving to have sex but I would say as long as you're taking the proper precautions like getting tested etc etc um I think you'll be okay. I would just say, remember, you are not defined by what other people put on you. So whether, like, let's say you're not a very sexual person and you don't really want to engage in hookup culture, like, that's the vibe I'm getting from this question, is, like, don't let people pressure you into doing that either. The same, it goes the same way on the opposite scale. It's, like, just, like, I felt upset when people were, like, oh, man, like, you're going out again with a guy or, like, you're going on another date, which is so stupid It's like just how I felt the weight of those comments. Don't feel the weight of comments that are like, oh my God, you should go on dates. You should go on Hinge. You should go to this frat party. You should get with this guy. Like don't feel the weight of those because you're not defined by your sexuality. No one is. Burr. So I had a similar but kind of different experience in the sense that I didn't have my first kiss or anything like that until I was a senior in high school. So I think that my quote unquote experiences were like very delayed um in terms of how society thinks that you should engage stuff like that like I had friends who had their first kiss in like third grade and that's great I had my first kiss when I was 12 (laughs) yeah well I had my little kindergarten kiss but I don't want to count that um but I think that I kind of felt pressure from that that like all of my friends in college were um that I had, like, had just met, had, like, long-term boyfriends and, like, have dated multiple people in high school and things like that, and I didn't have that same experience, so I kind of felt like I was inexperienced and things like that. So when I came to college, it was the first time, because, like, obviously I'm black. I went to a school in the South. There, there was, like, three other black people, and I had never felt, like, attractive or, like, wanted and things like that in high school, but I always told myself it'll be different in college and ooh we it was and it was the first time people <laughs> were like zooey mama it was the first time like people were actually attracted to me and like they were attractive too and I was like this is crazy so um my first year of college I would say actually more like all of it but probably just my first year it was more so like me wanting to become like confident in my experiences 
and uh, kind of exploring what's out there because I didn't want to like just meet one person and kind of be like tied down even though that's exactly what happened um <laughs> it was the complete opposite of my experience yeah. I ended up meeting my ex-boyfriend the first month of school so and it's funny because he was five years older than me but he was the one that was like I'm too young to be tied down like I need to explore so we were like open sir for, you are 30 like yeah, <laughs> he wasn't like, actually 30 but I was just joking you're pushing quarter life crisis um <laughs> So I like kind of had a boyfriend, but we were kind of open. So I understand what you mean about not wanting to engage in hookup culture, because for me, if it's the right person and I feel like I connect with them, I'm not just going to want to stop it being physical with one another. I want to be intimate emotionally and things like intellectually, things like that. But it took four years and very traumatic experiences for me to realize that the right person for me will be ready. I shouldn't have to beg or plead with anyone to see me as more than a physical object or Mm -hmm. to want to engage something deeper with me and so that's even something I'm like having to still learn now is that a lot of men especially in their 20s will plead and plead I'm not ready like I can't be tied down to my bachelor era but um I just kind of kept to myself or kept telling myself that the right person will be ready and I will have to beg and plead or question or be anxious about what they do want. It's more so a matter of what I want. Stop trying to focus on their needs and desire to focus on mine. If I don't want to be in a situation where I have to only hook up with someone or only be a you up text, then maybe I shouldn't be talking to these people. Or maybe I should keep talking to people who potentially do want that. So I think it's more so figuring out what you want because at the end of the day, you're the one that puts your foot down. If you don't want to do this anymore, don't do it anymore. If you want to keep doing it, do it. So I think just remember that you have the agency in this situation and you should use it. Agreed. And yeah, I would say just because like your wants and needs and desires are not the same as like mine, for example, that does not mean yours are any less valid. And I think it's just important to remember, like Sydney said, what you want and not let other people influence you guys included or like whoever you are uh, sexually attracted to whatever your sexual preference is don't let that those people pressure you either just like friends and environment family etc precisely hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of gail katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend bob At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, this girl has like a lot of friendship-themed questions. So I'm going to combine them all kind of so <laughs> it's most like a friendship themed um one is how to deal with feeling lonely and not having close friends dealing with friendship breakups and how to make new friends Ooh, okay so hold on one was how to deal feeling... with not having close friends okay or like awesome. breaking up with close friends and then also how to make new ones take it away bub I do direct you for like a longer explanation to our episode that's called The Art of Being Alone. That's the one I was talking about. That's our most listened to episode. Um, But we just go obviously an hour long more depth into dealing with feelings of like being alone or feeling lonely and how to combat that. But for a more Spark Notes version, I think that Sarah and I were in like a very large friend group in college girl group had a really big falling out with them and now only sarah and i speak and i don't really know if they're speaking so not of my business or concern but um (laughs) i know that especially with like girl groups and obviously with guys too but especially girl groups that i think girls get really close really fast and it obviously sucks that someone that you have so many experiences with and memories with and who knows so much about you either isn't the person they thought you were or you guys aren't compatible or it just sucks to lose someone that kind of knows that deeper side of you but I think kind of like what we said in our last question one um what was I saying you Uh, said I know it really sucks to lose someone who knows that deeper side of you but oh yeah everything happens for a reason at the end of the day and that sometimes people are meant to be in our lives for certain periods of time and not for forever one two to teach us lessons either about ourselves or about what we value in friendships or in other people so i know for me i realized that out of that situation that i don't need 1500 friends i don't need 55 girlfriends i don't need etc you know i want to surround myself with people who have similar values to me people I enjoy spending time with people I can trust people who I know I could not talk to for two weeks and then come back and things be perfectly normal people who I think have my best interests at heart and whose best interests I have at heart so I think that realizing that quality over quantity people say that and throw it around but it really is true because I have a smaller group of girlfriends now um like three or four girlfriends I'm very very close to and I would much rather have that than 17 girlfriends who I only really hang out with for Instagram pictures and to go out and things like that so I think that's one thing to keep in mind and two that so many things come in due time and it will happen when it needs to I know that like after leaving NYU we had just like ended our friend group we had for four years and I was like well this feels weird like I'm so used to having a huge group to go out and things like that. And, you know, then I started law school and I met an entirely new group of people who are completely different from the friends I had at NYU or friends I had at home. And so now I have two incredible groups of girls who couldn't be more different, like my roommates and my law school friends, but they both, um, both types of friendship offer something different. And I think it's important to realize the value in that. Um, So yeah, I think part of it's putting yourself out there Part of it is realizing that things do happen for a reason. And um, there's so many different ways to meet people, whether it's... Because I don't know where you live, so I don't know if you're in college or things like that. There's a lot of different ways. But 
I knew that being in a new environment, like law school or um, like moving to a new area, I've met so many more people that way. So, yeah, that's my, and that's my two cents. And I think you summed it up really perfectly. So I'll kind of end this part one of the question on a personal anecdote that's, I think, really helpful. Um, my first semester in college was really rough because I was thrown into a very already toxic roommate situation. It was very weird and like just extremely unhealthy. And so I ended that semester loving NYU and loving kind of like my life outside of my like roommates. Um, but still it was just very awkward, very like interesting dynamic. I come back for second semester of freshman year Um, And I kind of was feeling that fresh start. Like, I really want to branch out and meet new people. And I go to class, first day of class, one day, new class, sit down next to this girl. And I look over and I go, I love your jacket. She was wearing like this pink leather jacket. And she goes, thank you so much. Oh, my God. We were instantly friends. Like, we got burgers after class that day, I'm pretty sure, like even the next class. And then we connected so much that I met her group of friends who she made for a semester. And guess who was part of that friend group? Sydney. So I will like, and look how, I mean, I don't know where I would be if I never met you. I, like I would have a different roommate for the last three years. I would not have, we wouldn't have started this podcast. So it's, the butterfly effect is so important. Like the trickle down effect, it's nuts. And I would just say like, Think about when you're scared of putting yourself out there, think about the long term and how much it could actually change your life. And because I know it did mine. Like if I never complimented that girl on her leather jacket, who knows where I would be today. So it's good stuff. And I still love that girl. Her name's Camille. And she um, unfortunately transferred to U Miami, not because of like anything happened, but she just felt it was a better fit. She lives there now and we are still really, really good friends. But I just think like one high can go a really long way. So period um okay next question i'm gonna try to get two more in this episode we'll do the other half for the next episode um yeah so stay tuned okay 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 how to find your own sense of fashion Ooh. Man, this is good. Okay, I'll go. So, <laughs> as someone who religiously buys all of her clothes at Zara, um, I don't know if I'm the best person to speak on this. I am more a beauty girl over a fashion girly. Um, but I do have a very like curated sense of style. I would say it's very like chic, girly, right? Wouldn't you say like kind of flowy, like not too indie or like not too granola, but very like like, it's still New York. All I wear is, like, black, white, and beige. But um, it's, like, what very put together. And also with, like, it's very feminine, I would say. Would you agree? Yes. It's very pink and neutrals. Yes. Um, so I've definitely found that sense of comfort in my fashion style after moving to New York. It took me about two years after living in one of the biggest fashion capitals in the world to really, like, nail down how I want to dress and how I like to present myself. And one thing that I've learned is comfort over anything else. Like, and not even just, oh my God, wear sneakers instead of high heels. I mean, like, wear shirts that are comfortable for you, wear pants that are not too tight or not too loose, wear, like, shoes that fit your feet right and maybe have, like, an inch of wiggle room because when you feel comfortable, you feel confident. And, like, that is the major lesson that I've learned. And after feeling, after realizing and learning what I felt most comfortable in, that's when my style really came together because um, I prioritized feeling good in my body and, like, stuff that was just flattering for me not even just physically but stuff that it's like I feel good in not really adhering to society standards really just like loving myself and what I'm wearing and looking in the mirror and being like yes I'm gonna get some bomb pictures today and I just feel like so nice in this like little summery dress or in this like tight boob shirt like that it's just so depending on what you feel comfortable in I think that's the most important thing overall yeah I think don't be afraid of your style changing because for me I went to private school my whole life so from literally kindergarten till senior year all i wore was uniforms me too Sydney and i were in the uniform cult (laughs) yeah so my sense of fashion was anything that's not a uniform um (laughs) 
And then coming to NYU, I did have a bit of a goth phase. All I wore was black. I mean, that's still kind of what I do. But I think it went from more so being like rock inspired gothness to now I just like more so classic silhouettes that happen to be black or navy. Like I love being able to wear work pants or like flowy pants, like silk pants to work and outside of work. Um, But also like dressing young because when else would I do that? So (laughs) I think, um, well, because I am in law school and like I have been working in like corporate America, a lot of my style is like really cool blazers, really cool work pants and stuff like that. At the same time, I want to maintain an identity outside of work. So I think definitely my style is changing since I love wearing color now. And I never liked that before, but then I realized how cool it looks on my skin tone. And I'm like, why wouldn't I do that? That would be a crime. So I'm trying to wear more color now, but I think it's more so just like, if I see something and I like it, I'm going to get it. It might not be quote unquote my style, but if I like it and I'm wearing it, I feel like that's my style. And I think also <laughs> just like not being afraid to dress differently than your friends. Cause like, I think I have, sometimes I wear things that are like more bold than my friends would necessarily wear. And they'll be like, oh, I don't really like that. Or like, oh, it's not my thing. Okay, cool. I'm still going to wear it because I like it, you know? So I think just being steadfast in what you like and if it makes you feel comfortable, wear it. I like that word steadfast. It's from the Bible. I don't really know why I used it in the context. <laughs> no, I liked it. <laughs> Thank you. It was good. It reminds me of the name Stedman. And I really don't like that name. Stedman? Yeah. I've I never heard some- that name in my life. I knew someone named Stedman. I'm kind of like, how do you birth a cute little baby and you look at that cute little sweet little face and you go, hmm, Stedman. I think about that with babies named Walter, Phil, or, um, what was Barbara, that one? Barbara, Deborah. Yeah, like, like Gertrude. There are some names that are just like, that is an, an old woman's name or that's an adult name. <laughs> I agree. Or For like, sure. hmm, wait, I had one more. It was, oh, that's a big one. If your name is I'm actually so sorry. But I just don't understand how you could, like, pop a cute little out of your vajay and then be like, you know what I mean? That's a The guy I'm seeing his name. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. When I say his name, it gets stuck in my throat, like, Yeah. Uh, also, I did not know that Sydney was seeing a guy named So I'm not a bitch. I promise. I did not know. That's okay. Seeing is such a strong word. <laughs> seeing is a strong Okay, perfect. Uh, this has been a great advice session. You know us. Um, okay, do you have any advice for people looking for things to do that don't cost money in New York City? This is Sarah's expertise, so I'm going to let her take that away. Thank you. Yes, I think not having money or like being broke is not an excuse to not do stuff in New York. I hate when people use that excuse because it is literally not one. Like, obviously, yeah, some things you cannot avoid spending money on, like the subway, for instance, or like, I don't know, going out to eat food. Like, obviously, you can't avoid it, but there are ways to be extremely frugal. Um, And I would know because I was once a broke college student in New York with literally two cents to my name, and so was Sydney. So the way I think we kind of handled it, and the way I still handle it, like, when I'm having those days where I want to save money and just, like, you know, those kind of, that kind of week before I get paid where I'm like, ooh, you know, (laughs) like, I I don't really know if I should be going out right now. The way we handle it is we do things that are equally as fun, but that are free or, like, don't cost a lot. So, like, picnic egg in Central Park. The most you'll ever spend on something like that is, like, $10 for a bottle of wine and then $3 for some cheese. Like, literally, and then you go and sit there with your friends and you have an amazing time and you gossip about people you hate. Like, it's amazing. I promise the vibes. Parks in general, I think, are so underrated in New York. Um, Like, Prospect Park, Battery Park, if you're feeling kind of touristy and central park is the big one like sheep's meadow is a great place to picnic when it's not too crowded um and i think the best park downtown is Tompkins square park like people watching sitting on a bench getting a uh like donut and like sitting and people watching and like talking with your friends and even like listening to music reading a book doing homework i think it's actually like the vibes are so euphoric especially in the summer in the spring in the fall um another thing i would say is cook eat at home which I am really bad at doing but I also have a full-time job so like if you don't have like if you're in school or you're a student or yeah like another circumstance where like you just don't like you can't go out to eat every day or like order in every day I would say which is not healthy to do in general like I would not recommend that in in, no matter what your money situation looks like 
I would say that cooking is actually so helpful and it might not seem like it when you're spending $70 at Trader Joe's. You're like, I could have gone out to eat today for $50. Like this is, this sucks. But it lasts you for a really long time. Cindy can attest because she makes the best, best dinners ever. I come home and I always smell just this amazing smell in the kitchen and it's always Sydney. Um, cooking up some masterpiece. Um, but then it lasts you for so long. You don't have to go grocery shopping again for another week and it's like taking out or like sorry getting delivery and eating out is so expensive because most of the time you're paying extra fees whether that's tips or delivery fees or taxes or whatever it can really really add up and it definitely eats at your wallet um I would say and I'm really bad at doing this but one of the best pieces of advice I could give you is taking the subway it costs 275 as opposed to a 50 dollars uber i promise it is worth it and sydney is literally like right damn well, this girl has not been on the subway in like a year she i know i haven't no like i am preaching to the choir right now because i never do that but uh sydney could talk about the subway a little bit yeah. um if she wants because i'm the exact opposite i will not take an uber unless it is absolutely necessary because why would i spend 45 dollars going somewhere when i could take the train for two dollars and get there probably quicker but i think that's also one thing is like walking around and a lot of touristy things are free so like for example going to roosevelt island which is so cool or gunner's island which is so fun the ferry the round trip ferry ride to gunner's island is four dollars the train or the sky tram incredible views of new york to roosevelt island is 275 so i think just finding cheap ways to do really cool things is one there's a lot of like free pop-ups around the city which are fun to do or free museums like momo whitney etc if you're a college student or a tri-state resident it's like pay what you wish so that's cool um like date nights at the met um Friday, yes Saturday i think if it's free. like if you're a tri-state student or a New York resident, then you get suggested okay. admission. So yeah, I would triple check and look that up. Um, date nights at the Met are free. I'm pretty sure it's pay what you wish. Um, oh, so are date nights at the MoMA. Really? Yeah, it's like the first Friday of every month. It's free, and you can just go in, and they have like drinks and AI exhibits. It's really really cool. Oh yeah, and for if you're into like hip hop, reggaeton, Afro beats, the first Saturday of every month at Brooklyn Museum, they like turn it into like a three-level club and it's free and it's so fun i go every month um and also there's like so many restaurants that are cheap and do like all day happy hours or like five dollar drinks so it's fun to go do that with friends and then walk around or something like that or the yeah, high bottomless line. deals are so oh the high line's awesome yeah so definitely check stuff like that out and if you want to like cut costs fine like happy hour deals or um cook at home and bring it like a picnic style so yeah yeah um, and I would also say, I'm not going to plug my own TikTok right now, don't worry, but I would say there are a lot of New York City creators out there who specifically center their account around, like, cheap things to do in the city, or even free, like, those free pop-ups and events that Cindy was just mentioning. Like, KVD, I think, is doing a pop-up in Times Square this week where you can go and, like, get a free lipstick. Um, and I know this other jewelry company is doing a pop-up in Soho where you go, and, like, if you bring a piece of jewelry that has been used or that's kind of rusty and, like, obviously not very wearable anymore, they will exchange it for a piece of, like, their jewelry so it's literally a free piece of jewelry so it's stuff like that where um i know like if you literally look up free things to do in new york city this week all these accounts will come up with the best advice like free beauty products free food free flowers it's really really awesome free samples it's the best like there is a way to be frugal in new york city but it's just about knowing the hacks and knowing the tricks and like knowing what's going on agreed Okay, are we good to wrap up? So I, have to leave I think we're so. good. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We are doing a part two to your advice in Publix next week. So if your question did not get answered this time, we will absolutely be sure to address it in the next episode if we can. Uh, thank you so much. You can follow us on social media, Crying a Public Podcast on Instagram. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we are Crying in Public. I'm Sarah, that's Sydney, and we love you. Goodbye. Bye. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 